What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today, this was a fun episode to do. I'm saying it was fun because I'm talking about the process of coaching and really just went deep onto into like literally start to finish what that process looks like, specifically if you are coaching with a pop coach or if you're being coached by a pop coach. But honestly, this is going to be helpful regardless of who you are working with or if you're doing things on your own, like what you should be looking for, red flags, how to understand individual differences, how to know who would be the right fit for you when if you're looking for a coach. Like I, I just covered it all in this pretty much an hour episode. So I'm excited to hear your feedback because this is a little bit different from the normal kind of topics that we cover. But I thought it would be insightful. I thought it would be helpful, especially this time of year. So please give me your feedback. Let me know what you think of this episode. I would really appreciate it. And if you can, as always, take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories and then tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And real quick, just a brief announcement, the Fat Loss Freedom Workshop that originally launched in December, we just gave everybody instant lifetime access. So for those of you who did not join because of the timing of it, you don't have to worry about that. It is all it is all created. It is all done. It is all the trainings, all the videos, all the resources. If you want to learn how to lose weight sustainably and efficiently, or if you want to learn how to build your metabolism and reverse diet effectively, it is all covered in this workshop. And now you can join and get instant access. It's only $27. So it's literally the best deal possible because you get that for life one-time fee of $27. Um, You can just go to dietfreedomworkshop.com and literally get instant access. So just wanted to make that announcement and now we can roll on to the episode. All right, so this is gonna be a fun episode. Um, And the reason, actually, you know what? I'm gonna start with a, a funny personal story because this, just to let you guys know what's been going on in my life. So right now we are renovating the garage in the house to turn it into my office. And then we're also going to have part of the garage as like a little small gym area. And keep in mind, this is not a very large space, but we're going to make it work. Uh, Most importantly, I need a space that is separate from all the chaos that goes in the house when there's three kids around and then you know, Mel works from home all, you know, so there's, there's a lot going on. So having a space where I can record trainings like this and podcast episodes and all the content that we put out will be super helpful. But then also we want a little gym space. So uh, we're going to have the rest of the garage, just really small gym space, like a squat rack, maybe a cable machine and some dumbbells, not much, but the renovation has been happening now for about two weeks. So kind of funny, a whole, I mean, now it's funny, but there was this whole kind of series of events that happened uh, that started with a, we actually needed to get heat and AC put into the office. So we had a company that we've used before and they said that they were going to install this thing called a mini split, which is basically like a little unit that goes into the office and it's going to heat uh, or cool 
the office when I'm in there working, since it's the garage, we don't have obviously heat or AC out there. So no big deal. They're like, it's a one day install will be pretty quick and efficient. All right, cool. So we get that set up and they end up doing the install. Everything seems fine. And then we leave, they leave and we start to notice that a bunch of like outlets and stuff stopped working. Like I went to turn on the TV and the outlet wasn't working. The garbage disposal wasn't working. The dryer wasn't working. So we're like, something's not right here. Um, so we called the company back and they sent out a technician. And when the technician opened up the electrical panel, it like sparked back at him and like fried a bunch of wires. So apparently whatever electrical work they did, they didn't do very well. Uh, turns out that all the stuff that happened in the electrical panel required us to upgrade to a whole new electrical panel, which we didn't need to do. They were going to send out an electrician just to fix the wires that they messed up, but it was like a pretty outdated panel. And eventually we were going to need to upgrade anyway. So we're like, all right, we might as well just do this. And whatever. So we schedule the electrician. Fortunately, we didn't have to wait that long. Uh, I think it happened on Sunday or Saturday and he was able to come out on Wednesday. So we get the electrician, the electrician upgrades our panel. All good. We had to work um, out of Amy, who is the pop admin, also Mel's sister, also one of my good friends. Um, so we went to Amy's house to work for the day because they had to shut off the power to fix the electrical panel. So fix the electrical panel. And then we come back home to make sure that everything is working well. And for some reason, we can't get connected to Wi-Fi. And we're like, okay, that's weird. What's going on here? Turns out that the electrician accidentally cut the Verizon wire. So now we have to call Verizon to get our Wi-Fi fixed. They couldn't come out till the next day. So we had to have another day at Amy's and ended up finally getting the Wi-Fi fixed. But it was just funny. I mean, it's not really funny. It was very frustrating. But there's a lot of stuff that happens that's outside of our control. And I could sit there and get frustrated and angry and throw a tantrum. And there was definitely curse words that were thrown around and I, I wasn't happy about it, but I couldn't control it. Right. It was, I mean, kind of like one fluke thing after the next of the heating and AC people messing up the electrical panel, then the electric, the electrician messing up the Wi-Fi, and eventually everything is all, you know, gets fixed and taken care of. Uh, but it's important to remember that those external circumstances are out of your control. There's nothing I can do about it. So I can let that impact my internal. I can let it get me down and say, you know, what is going on and, and why, uh, you know, why me and F this and F that. Or I can just kind of laugh about it and be like, you know, this is frustrating, sure, but at least I can control certain things like and and be grateful that. Amy lives close by that we can just go to her house and work for the day. And the fact that, you know, we're able to have a house right now and, and both of us be working and there's things to be grateful for and looking at things like fitness and nutrition as anchors that can hold us through that time. So right now, yes, things had to adjust. And, and I'm going to quote my boy JK, who always says adjustments over excuses. So yes, we had to make adjustments. Uh, my workouts right now, it's been three days a week. That's what my, my life is allowing with gyms being closed again and with the renovations in the garage, which is where we were working out before, we don't have that many options. So it's three days a week of short workouts. 
I'm making adjustments rather ex than excuses. And my nutrition has been far from perfect, but it is a constant. It's something that can keep me anchored through all of the chaos around me. So I just wanted to share that story because first of all, it's funny. And second of all, it's a, it's a nice reminder that there's a lot of stuff that we can't control, but let's always focus on the things that we can control. So um, I'm going to get into the actual topic of the day, which is I wanted to outline from start to finish the entire process of working with a coach, with a pop coach in particular. But this will be helpful uh, whether you work with us or not. This will be helpful because, you know, sometimes it's just not the right fit or sometimes personalities or you you connect with a coach like I've I've had a number of people on my podcast and I'll get people who reach out to me and they're like hey I'm thinking about working with so and so whatever guest I've had on my show and I'm all I'm all for it like if you find somebody that's the right fit that's great that's why I have those people on the show so that you can hear different perspectives and sometimes the way that somebody else communicates something just resonates and you're like yes I want to work with that person so I always tell them like you'll be in great hands anybody who's been on my show and you want to work with them you'll be in great hands but I think this episode in particular will help with the thought process when it comes to coaching so when it comes to working with a pop coach in particular, the process starts well before we actually agree to engage in this coach-client relationship. There, there's a qualifying process on both ends. So from your perspective, as somebody who wants accountability and support, who's thinking about hiring a coach, you should take that that thought process very seriously and, and consider, you know, is it the right fit for you as an individual? Think about the messaging of that person that you're listening to, whether that's myself or any other coach. Think about how they deliver information, their overarching message. Like, what's the theme that they often, like, what is their whole philosophy, their overarching philosophy, the principles and values which they stand by? Start there. And then start to think about the communication style. Is this somebody that you could see yourself communicating with? Do you believe in what they stand for? So there should be a, a, a kind of filtering process on both sides. So for us as coaches, we do the same thing. When we get applications, you know, the first step in this whole process is really qualifying and seeing, is this going to be the right fit? And we ask a lot of questions to determine that. Mainly, we want to know your mindset, you know, are you actually coachable? Are you committed? Are you willing to change? Um, or are you just looking for something that's like fast and you don't care how you get there? You just want the fastest results possible, or you don't want to learn anything through the process. You're like, Hey, just give me a meal plan and send me on my way. I don't care about learning, you know, about my own needs. I just want to be told what to do. And I want to get this result and then get out. So that's not going to be the right fit. So we start asking questions to determine your mindset about coaching. Um, are you coachable? Do you want to do this in a sustainable way? Is it important, you know, for whatever reason? Like, what are your internal motivations? What are your internal drivers for even want, wanting this in the first place? And by the way, sometimes the internal driver is simply vanity. It's just, oh, I want to look better, which is no problem at all. We just want to know going into it, what is that motivation? Why is this even important to you? Um, so once we have some of those qualifying questions and we can, you know, get deeper on the why 
And are you really committed to this? Uh, what would life look like when when you do accomplish this goal? Like that that dream vision of let's say I could snap my fingers and give you the body of your dreams and total food freedom, and I can give you everything that you want. How would your life change? And we start to unpack some of those deeper meanings. Uh, once we are able to engage in that conversation, then we decide, okay, is this going to be the right fit? So the, the qualifying process should really happen on both sides of the equation. You know, you should really be thinking hard about the values and principles. Um, I, I always talk about red flags when it comes to coaches, when it comes to coaching programs or coaches in general. If there are a set of rules that everyone has to follow, and it's like, this is how we do things, you have to do it this way. Otherwise, you're a failure, right? They're not openly saying that, but that's kind of the gist of it, right? It's like, we do this, we do things this way. And if you don't do things this way, then you're not going to get, you're not going to be successful, right? So they kind of put everybody in a box. That's a major red flag. If there are a set of rules that you have to follow, major red flag. So that's the first thing is listen to the overarching principles and philosophy of different coaches and programs. Like what do they stand for? Do you agree with that? And then how do they communicate that message? Does it make sense? Is it simple? Is it, you know, is it easy to understand, easy to digest? So those are the things from, you know, because I have coaches as well. So I go through this process all the time. And I, that's the biggest thing. Like, do I relate to this person? Do I like the way they communicate? And then do I actually believe in what they stand for? And, and am I, you know, I'm always cautious of like hard set rules where somebody says like, this is the only way to do X, Y, Z. Like, okay, that's a red flag. Um, so that's the first thing. Both sides, we decide, okay, this is going to be a good fit because I like what you stand for. I like the way that you communicate. I think that, you know, we would relate to each other. And then from the coach's side, we look at it as, okay, you're, you're committed, you're coachable, you're willing to change, and you have a strong internal motivator or several internal motivators for wanting to change. Um, now, it's interesting because sometimes we do work with people who have like a deadline, right? Like, like I want to get really fit for my wedding. There's nothing wrong with that, but we will always set the expectation of we are not going to sacrifice your internal health for this, this short-term goal. So let's say somebody comes to us and they're like, I'm getting married in eight weeks, which has happened by the way, or 12 weeks, whatever it may be like, okay, we can do this, but we want to, you know, I want to make it very clear that we're not going to jeopardize your uh, metabolism, your hormone health, your psychological well-being for the sake of looking, you know, five pounds lighter on your wedding. Like we're, we can get you there, but we're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it in a sustainable way. And if that individual doesn't care about, you know, taking care of internal health, then we'll we'll say, you know, it's not the right fit. So that's kind of the next step is let's look at the expectations. So we have to set realistic expectations right off the, right out of the gate because, you know, for, for pop, what we do most of the time is we work in six month timeframes. Uh, the reason is that we found over and over and over again, that long-term commitments just work better. Um, even though oftentimes that's like counterintuitive to everything that the diet industry stands for, right? Like every marketing book, every, um, you know, every diet 
program out there tells you to market like short-term fast results because people like to be able to see the finish line right in front of their face. So if it's like 30 days, six weeks, that's going to be more tangible than six months. But I don't care about marketing effectively. I care about doing things the right way. So we typically work in six-month timeframes, sometimes even a year. So most our most um, popular program is our six-month package. That's been the most effective for us just kind of meeting people in the middle. If it were up to me, I would say take a year uh, because what's a year? If we can get you to your desired result and we can teach you how to sustain it forever and, and you understand yourself on a deeper level and you know how to make all of those changes and adjustments yourself and you have a really strong relationship with your body and food and all these things that we're, we're after, let's take the year and do that. But you know, to kind of meet in the middle, six months is the most popular time frame. So that's what we do. But we're always going to set the expectation on the front end, which is if somebody comes to me and says, I want to lose 100 pounds, I'm not going to say, oh, we're going to accomplish that in six months, right? I'm going to set a realistic expectation based off of where that individual is coming from. So I always, we always have to be honest about what's realistic and then what sacrifices might need to be made to get there. And then it's up to you as the individual to decide if that's worth it. So if somebody, you know, I prefer if when it comes specifically to fat loss, if we're going to say, okay, six months, what's realistic? Well, everybody's different. So we can't just say every person out there can expect X amount of pounds down. There's a lot of individual differences. But what I, what I can say, if somebody has a more ambitious goal, I'll always say something like, you know, one to two pounds per week. So at most, we're looking at 40 to 50 pounds in a six month time frame. Now, that's like if all things go really well and we're not accommodating for like life happening, which life always does. So realistically, I would rather set a lower expectation and say, you know, let's say we get to 30 to 40 pounds down, but you, you're 1000% confident that you will never gain that weight back. Is that worth it to do it the right way? Um, so that's the kind of the next step is let's come up together with a realistic expectation that feels good on both sides so that you feel confident. Like, okay, if I were to accomplish this in six months, plus I had the knowledge and understanding of how to keep it going on my own. If I didn't want to continue with coaching, obviously you can, you know, we have people that go through six months and then want to stay on longer. But if you have this objective of six months and, and graduate, what's realistic? And then we agree on that together. So once we decide it is a perfect fit that, you know, both sides, we feel good about it. We feel good about the expectation that's set over the six month period. Um, now we start to get into some of like the, the pre-work, the research phase, uh, which is we start with what we call, uh, I mean, when you, when you just kind of look at our whole coaching philosophy, uh, it's all about individualization um, and it's all about sustainability. So the first thing that we do is what we call step one. We have a four-step process personality powered nutrition. Uh, if you guys have followed me for any length of time, you know, uh, we look deep into the psychology of things in addition to physiology being important, but we like to focus on behavior change from a mindset perspective, from personality perspective. So uh, a lot of the decisions that we make it comes down to personality psychology. How can we relate to this individual uh, based off of their personality traits? 
So with personality power nutrition, we do our neurotyping assessment. And by the way, your neurotype personality profile, those, those words are interchangeable. Um, so we'll give you a neurotype assessment, find out what your dominant profile is. That tells us certain tendencies. The problem with most other programs is that they never really get to the root cause of certain eating behaviors and how they've manifested throughout your life. So they just simply tell you that either you need to give up all of these bad habits or that you have to give up your favorite foods or that you have to fast for a certain amount of time, right? They, they don't care. They don't look at who you are as a person. They don't look at the psychology. They simply look at it as an equation. If we can just get this individual to eat less and move more, then they'll lose weight. The problem is that you might lose weight in the short term, but long term, we have strong evidence to say that you will not sustain those results. And that's just, that's not me being negative. That's me looking at statistics. That's me looking at the, the success of diets, which is about 5% or less. So if you're willing to roll the dice on being part of the 5% or less, then sure, going into a program that tells you these, you know, these rules and they say, cut out all of these foods, follow these set of rules, you know, do this thing for 30 days, fine. If that's the direction you want to go. Um, I would prefer to create sustainable behavior change based off of your own individual needs. And again, I can't harp on this enough, but it looks different for each person. So hopefully I'll do a good job of explaining some of the nuance that goes into it when we're talking about individual variants. Um, but the most important thing to remember is that you are actually a snowflake. You, you are one of a kind. There's nobody else like you. So we can't just take a carbon copy of a nutrition and lifestyle plan and hand it over to you and expect you to be successful. So we have to go through the, the personality um, powered nutrition process to understand how your eating behaviors are showing up, the tendencies based off of your personality type. And then we can start to come up with a plan that addresses your body, looking at your metabolism, um, your brain chemistry, so looking at your personality, and then your ideal behaviors, which is another kind of missing piece that a lot of people don't understand. There are certain ideal behaviors that we want to accomplish. What does that look like? And let's look at the path from getting there, from where we are uh, to where you want to be. Um, so obviously, if everything that you were doing right now in this moment was going to get you there, then you would just keep doing it and you wouldn't be interested in coaching. You would be on the path to success. You wouldn't need to change anything. That would be great. But most of us are not at that point. So we look at, okay, where do you want to be? How can we align your nutrition and your lifestyle with your, your body, your brain chemistry, your personality, and the ideal behaviors that you're trying to accomplish. So that's step one. one. That's really like the starting point in the process to really see some of these individual differences. The second piece of that puzzle is understanding your diet history. We call this HLH assessment, which is your habit and lifestyle history. So habit and lifestyle history is super important because we need to know where you've been. We can't come up with a proper starting point if we don't know what you've been through. As far as what, what has your body been through? Um, psychologically, what have you been through? What have you tried in the past? What made you feel better? What made you feel worse? What made you lose weight? What made you gain weight? Like We have to assess everything that you've done so we know the, your current metabolic status 
So maybe you've been somebody who's been a chronic dieter for your entire life and you've been eating 1200 calories for years and years and years. That's going to put you in a very different metabolic state than somebody who's a chronic overeater, somebody who's been eating in a surplus for years and years and years. Very different situations. So we can't approach those two people, even if they're the same personality type, we can't approach those two people the same. So we have to look at habit and lifestyle history. Habits are important because, look, behavior change comes down to changing routines. Uh, if you were, like I said, if your habits were serving you in the best way possible, that would be fantastic. We could just lean into that. And maybe there are certain habits that, that are doing that. Great. So we want to emphasize those. But there may be some habits that aren't serving you. A lot of the times, most programs will simply try to eliminate that. Let's say, for example, you're drinking you know, five sodas a day just throwing out an example of a habit that you might want to eliminate. Uh, most programs will say, okay, well, you can't drink soda, right? Like you sign up for a program and I'm just going to use Whole30 as an example, not to throw Whole30 under the bus. This is just the first thing that popped up into my mind. Whole30 might say, you're not allowed to drink soda. So now on this program, you have to go from five sodas a day to zero cold turkey. What's the likelihood that that habit is going to stick or that you're not going to have any side effects of that? I would rather slowly and gradually over time, add before we subtract. So maybe we're adding more water. We're focusing on you know, an abundance mindset of things that you can do versus things that you can't do. And, and again, we put a lot of emphasis into psychology. So our brains work much better when we think of things that we can do versus things that we're quote unquote, not allowed to do. If you tell somebody that you're not allowed to have soda, that person will think about soda more often than normal. So we're coming at it from a, from a sustainability standpoint. So we look at your habit and lifestyle history and we see what you've been through. And then that allows us to customize a starting point for you based off of your history, based off of your personality, and then based off of the most important factor, the most important underlying factor, which is sustainability. So when we look at what have you tried in the past, what have you been through, what, what's worked, what hasn't worked, when we look at your personality, your behavior tendencies, and your habits and lifestyle, then we can start to customize things looking at the, the underlying most important variable, which is, is this going to be sustainable? And guess who gets to decide that? You do. So before we roll out anything, we have a conversation and we say, based off of everything that we've looked at, your personality assessment, your, your goals, where you're trying to get to, your, your habit and lifestyle history, this is what we recommend as a starting point. Now, how confident are you in being able to start here? Or does this feel like it's a little too much or potentially overwhelming? And, and we'll have you assess the initial plan and get back to us with your feelings. We want, it's a collaborative effort. So as a coach, I can think that this is the greatest plan in the world. It doesn't matter if it's not sustainable. And we always want to start with the minimal effective dose. We don't want to bite off more than we can chew right out of the gates. We want to get things moving in the right direction quickly because it helps to have some early wins. But again, sustainability is much more important. So if you're confident in that initial plan, then, then great. We can roll with it and, and go from there. Now, one of the most important things about the initial plan is our step three, which is the lifestyle integration. This is what I call your non-negotiables. This is how we accommodate for your life and your schedule. 
because everybody wants to come up with a, a strategy that you can apply across the board, but that's not real life because we have different schedules. We have different personal preferences. We have different likes and dislikes, values. We have different you know, food preferences. All these things are unique to us. So if I'm somebody who likes to drink alcohol on occasion, well, that should be a part of the plan. If I'm somebody who family dinners are really important, that should be part of the plan. If I'm somebody who likes to have, uh, you know, wings and pizza on Sundays to watch football, that should be part of my plan. There should be no feelings of on or off track when we come up with a lifestyle approach. When we're thinking about long-term success, there shouldn't be this feeling of on or off track because there is no on or off track. What track are we following? We're not following a track. We're coming up with a way of living right? And if you can kind of think about it in that, in that concept, like that mindset, you'll be way more successful long-term because what we do is when you have those days that previously on other programs, you may have felt like quote unquote off track. And we tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. We're just going to learn from it. We're going to use that information to make better decisions down the road or to make different decisions. It doesn't have to be better or worse decisions, but we might use that information to make different decisions the next time. It just comes down to learning, growing, and evolving, but there's no track to be on. So when it comes to that lifestyle integration, the non-negotiables, that's where we take the things that are meaningful for you and we incorporate that and we show you how to incorporate that as part of the plan. What, what's great about it is that most people come in with the dieter's mindset. There, there's, there's good versus bad. There's on versus off. Uh, it's very black and white. So what happens is when we can, through experience, go through a weekend where you just like eat everything in sight and you're feeling like, oh my God, I, I derailed all my progress. And we can just kind of carry you through that time and show you that this wasn't off plan, that you didn't do anything wrong, that there's nothing to feel guilty about, and that we can actually use that information as a positive moving forward. And then you start to make more progress after that. That is like the best lesson because you literally get to see firsthand how it happens that, you know, okay, so, so what I made these decisions. Well, what was going on in your life that, that caused that? Uh, Were you, you know, doing something out of emotion? Was it a stress reaction? Was it anxiety? Um, was it, you know, there was just too many things, too much chaos going on. And then we use that to make better decisions. So like, what are some other ways that we could manage anxiety? What are some other ways that we can manage stress? Now we start to add tools to the toolbox so that you're not just making quick knee-jerk decisions, that you're actually being thoughtful and mindful about your choices. And when you can see that experience happening firsthand over and over again, now you start to realize, okay, this is actually really is about living life. It's not about, we're, we're coming up with a, a sustainable plan for life we're not following a track that needs, you know, that has to be perfect. It's just about consistency and sustainability over time. Um, and there's no better way to actually see that uh, or no better way to believe it than to actually see it and experience it. So the lifestyle integration is that third step in the process. Uh, the fourth step in our process is through all of our uh, ways of kind of teaching the why. So this is like, the goal of self-reliance. Uh, we never just say, here's a plan or here's what we're recommending. Now go do it. We want you to understand the thought process behind it. So let's say you are 
somebody who came in eating 1200 calories a day and we're constantly dieting and we're telling you to eat more. We're not just going to say, you know, just go eat more food. We're going to say, hey, here's what's happening to your metabolism. Here are the signs that we're seeing that your metabolism is downregulated, that your biofeedback, uh, your body is communicating that it wants more food. You have low energy. Uh, you're constantly hungry. You're, you're having binge episodes. Your cravings are really high. Uh, your digestion is off. Like We'll show you the, the tangible evidence. And then we'll say, here's what this means. And here's why we're recommending what we are. So that fourth step is for you to be able to learn your own body much more effectively, which seems strange to say, because we should all be very in tune with our bodies. But let's be honest with the, the current lifestyle that we all have, with how stressed we are, with how much we all have on our plates, it's very difficult to tune in. It's very difficult to actually listen and know what your body is communicating, let alone like, you know, there's also the fact that we're all subjective when it comes to ourselves. So we want to show you, or we want to explain the why behind what we're doing so that you can spot those trends for yourself. And we'll give you the tools, you know, certain monitoring tools. We use uh, just a Google sheet that we've created that actually, if you if you have signed up for the Fat Loss Freedom Workshop, you can see the Google Sheet that we use where we're not just tracking data. Um, the data is fine. The data is one thing that we utilize. And I'm talking about like objective data, like the scale weight or measurements or pictures or things like that. Uh, you know, if we're if we're using macros, you know, something like macros, but I'm talking about the subjective data, things like biofeedback you know, rating your hunger, rating your energy levels, your mood, your sleep, your stress, all these things that play a role in a lifelong transformation. So we'll be able to show you those, those tools and how we monitor, how we adjust. We'll, we'll start to show you things like uh, if we see signs of uh, under, if you're under recovered, what are we looking for? How do we know? And then what do we do about it? How do we implement things like refeed um, to, to, piggyback off what Kendra just commented. Um, how do we, how do we utilize things like refeed meals, diet breaks, maintenance weeks, things like that. So we actually want to show you the thought process, the science behind it, but more importantly, the, the trends and being able to, to notice those things for yourself, because at the end of the day, we're trying to build an army of self-reliance. Like we're legitimately trying to make ourselves obsolete. We don't want you to need us anymore. We want, if, if there's support that needs to happen, like you reach a certain goal and you feel really good about it, but you really, you need a little bit more support and accountability. Cool. We're always here, but we are really trying to, you know, accomplish that ultimate goal, which is self-reliance and sustainability. So that's that last step, which is how do we teach you this information? How do we uh, give you the, the tools and skill set to be able to make adjustments for yourself and spot trends? Now, when it comes to that, and that's just like the four-step process in a nutshell, uh, when it comes to communication, you know, that's the biggest expectation that we have is, are you open to engage in the process? Are you willing to communicate transparently? Are you willing to be vulnerable and, and share you know, your struggles and hardships? That's the best learning uh, material that we have, really. And, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that it has to be that way, but it's inevitable. Like success is literally just modified failures. We learn from them, so we need them. It's part of the process. You can look at any type of, of you know, improvement 
process. It doesn't matter what you're trying to get better at. It requires failure. It requires hardship. It requires setbacks. It's part, it's built in to the very fabric of success. So we need those things to happen. Um, But we look at, are you willing to communicate those things with us? Are you willing to engage? Because we can accommodate, like the real magic of the whole process is in the micro adjustments that we make along the way. So we might decide that, hey, you know, we have a certain individual that was really excited about tracking macros. And they're like, I'm ready to do this. I think this is going to be the best path forward for me. And they jump in, they're super excited. But then through actually doing it, we find out that macros for that person creates obsessive tendencies and added stress and anxiety around food. Now, all of a sudden, if we know what's happening, we can make an adjustment and we can pivot and we can start to move away from macros. If we don't know that, that person might just say, you know what, this didn't work for me because macros didn't work for me. Well, as long as we're communicating, we can make that adjustment. We can change. And and that's really the magic in the whole process, the little micro adjustments based off of what's happening in real life. So we might on paper think, you know what, this plan on both sides, like coach and client, this is the best plan. I'm super excited. I'm ready to dive in. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it just doesn't produce the way that we thought it would. No problem. We've got a million different tools in our toolbox. So now we're going to look at, okay, here's what we're thinking. And in a collaborative effort, this is the path that we're thinking about going to next. It's those little micro adjustments. Um, And that's why there can't be any hard set rules. There can't be any like one size fits all approach because when it comes to real life and when it comes to individuals, not only are we all different, but we all have different circumstances. So even internally being different is one thing, but externally is different as well. So so to think that there is this one path that everyone can take is really short-sighted. Um, and that's why the hands-on approach, in my opinion, is the only way to do it. Like as you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to grow pretty rapidly and we've helped a number of people and, um, and, and really like, I, I'm going to say it. I think that what we're doing is the future of coaching, which is why a lot of people, uh, other coaches are trying to get certified in our methodology, uh, which is really just to understand the way that the brain works and to be able to create sustainable behavior change. So having said all of that, you know, when we go through this process, like we can't shortcut it. We like, even as much as we've been able to grow, we will never take the focus away from that hands-on approach because everyone's too different. We can't just say, here's a formula, here's a set of rules to follow, here's you know whatever, here's a carbon copy of a plan that worked well for somebody else, just go follow this. We can't. We can't cut those corners. There has to be a high level of personal touch and being able to understand how that individual thinks, their tendencies, their behavior patterns, uh, the things that they have going on in their life, their their metabolism, their hormonal profile. Like we get insight into all of these things, which allows us to make more informed decisions, which is why we have such a high success rate. Um, And we've been able to evolve over time. Look, we didn't come right out of the gates and like just dominate and start crushing it with all of our clients. We had to learn through 
what was working and what wasn't. And then being able to evolve, like, for example, we added coaching calls because that was a common need that people were saying, our clients were telling us, you know, it would really be helpful if we had like a group call or just, you know, a way to check in uh, without, you know, doing text and email, just get on the phone. So we've added coaching calls. Some clients prefer to do like video messaging with their coaches. There's different methods of communication that we've been able to implement based off of what we've learned. So the point being that there has to be be a high level of personal touch. So I always, I always kind of raise an eyebrow when I see programs that have like thousands and thousands and thousands of people without the coaching staff to support that. You can service thousands of people if you have the coaching staff to support it with an emphasis on that high touch one-on-one approach. Now, that's not to say that you need to invest in a you know really expensive program like I, I talked about today, um, how I, I spoke with an individual last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago at this point, who literally paid $6,000 for a 12-week program. And it was, so 2000 a month, and it was just macros and at-home workouts. That's it. And it was all done in a group format. So she didn't even get one-on-one calls. And it's unfortunate. Like, the perceived value of that coaching program was very high. Like, oh my God, 6,000 for 12 weeks. This must be the gold standard of coaching. So it can be tricky, but like just because there's a high perceived value doesn't mean that there's a high real value. But the point being that you doesn't mean that you have to spend that kind of money, but you have to understand everything needs to flow through your own individual filter. So even if you were doing, let's say a group program or you were doing a coaching program that's a little bit more cookie cutter, you still should be able to take that information and run it through your own individual filter and think, how does this apply to me and my situation? So that's something that we always kind of hammer home, which is like, you might read something, you might read some research, and we have plenty of clients who love to nerd out on on research like I do, who love to look at studies and trends and all these things. And, and I'm, you know, I could literally spend days on PubMed just looking at research. Even with all of that, we always say, like, take that information and run it through your own individual filter. Because just, you know, if there is an article that tells you that intermittent fasting is the best thing ever, you know, really assess how does this apply to my lifestyle? Is this, would this help me be more consistent? Does this feel more sustainable or not? And then that will help you make better decisions, regardless of what program you're doing. So once we go through that four-step process, we're really looking at the end goal of self-reliance and sustainability. We want to be 1000% sure that everything that you've accomplished physically and mentally is going to last. Not only that, we want to be able to make sure that as life throws us new curveballs, which it always will, that we have the ability to to adjust and pivot and still continue to move forward and and operate with a level of resilience uh, that is required for long-term success. Because the work doesn't stop. Uh, I think that's a common mistake that we all make. We think that once we get to a certain point, 10 pounds down, 20 pounds down, 100 pounds down. Once we get to that point, the work is done, right? We've, we've reached this big ultimate goal so we can just chill and it's all over. No, that's why we teach a life approach because the work that it took to get there is oftentimes the work that it'll take to stay there. So those habits and those behavior changes should feel really good. It should be enjoyable. You should be having a lot of fun 
in, incorporating new habits that support your lifestyle. You know, if it makes you miserable, it's probably not going to last. So why are we trying to force a square peg in a round hole? Uh, and that's really why I have so many issues with programs that are like, this is the way you have to do things. But if it's making you miserable, then why should you have to do that thing? And also, is it likely that you'll continue to do that thing? And I've seen this over and over and over again in myself and in others. The answer is you will not. We have so much evidence to show that if you are miserable through the process and you are just doing something because you're quote unquote told to, or that's this nutrition rule you believe, it will not last if it's making you miserable, if it's not sustainable. So let's start out with the thought process of sustainability and that will help make better decisions, help us make better decisions um, and, and avoid some of those common pitfalls of jumping into a program just because it, you know, promises fast results. And I, and I understand like we all want results and it can be frustrating to be doing all the things that you, you know, doing everything that you think you're doing right and not making any progress. I know that that can be frustrating and we all want results like yesterday, but I would rather take the time and make it last versus trying to rush the process or cut corners or set you up for failure long-term. So the reason that I don't talk about like specifics of what does a plan look like, because it's so vastly different. Uh, one of the most common questions that I get is about tracking macros. Uh, a lot of our clients track macros. A lot of our clients don't. It really depends on the individual. Um, this is where I say, like, we look at what's working and what's not in your history and, and, you know, past behaviors and what your ideal behaviors are. If somebody has the goal of not tracking, like we want to move towards that direction. We want to gradually take it. So if I have somebody who's coming from a background of, let's say like a competitor bodybuilder, who's like really obsessed with the numbers and is like, you know what macros and, and calorie counting, like this really is controlling my life. And I want to escape that. I want more food freedom. I don't want to live by the numbers anymore. Well, I'm not just going to take that person and remove macros right out of the gates. There's a process to that. So we're going to start slowly, but we're going to keep our eye on that ultimate goal, which is we don't want to be controlled by the numbers. Okay. So that person, uh, their path is going to look vastly different than an individual who has no awareness around food portion sizes or their individual caloric needs or, or, or macro needs that person probably needs some macro education and some experience going through that process to learn, you know, about food labels and portion sizes and their own, uh, you know, how certain foods make them feel and getting in enough protein and getting in enough veggies and fruits and all these things that we can look at. Uh, it's very different for each individual. So we start very close to where you're at is my main point. We're not going to take somebody and jump from point A to point Z right out of the gates because that's not going to work. That's what everyone's going to do on January 1st or 2nd, whenever people start their New Year's resolutions. By the way, that is what everybody's going to do when 2021 hits. You're going to see a large percentage of the population. They're going to try to do everything all at once. And the statistics on New Year's resolutions are that 8% are achieved. 8% of them are accomplished. So if again, if you want to roll the dice and you want to try to, you know, be a part of the 8%, um, you can do that. You could try to do everything all at once, but I would prefer to hedge our bets and go with sustainability and be part of the 90% successful when we took, when we look at behavior change, sustainability, uh, looking at the psychology of it first 
and then understanding that we have to do this in a manner that fits your lifestyle. That's going to set you up for, you know, nine out of 10 times you're going to be successful. And I leave that, that nine out of 10, because there are certain times where the reality and expectation are off, or we find out through going through the process that there are certain sacrifices that an individual is not willing to make, or that they really don't want the thing that they thought they want, which is totally fine. So we can be going through a a plan or process and then a person decides, you know what? I really don't want to take it to this next level. Like I really don't want to go for 10 more pounds. I really didn't. I thought that I wanted to be X body fat percentage, but I'm really happy here. Or, you know, this is, this allows me to live my life and I don't want to keep pushing. I don't want to keep giving up you know, more things or whatever it may be, uh, we might get to that point. Uh, Because just remember, the more extreme your goals are, the more discipline, the more commitment, the more sacrifices that you have to make. Uh, And that's something that only you can decide. So I've decided at times in my life that I wanted to be like super lean. I'm not super lean right now. I'm what I consider lifestyle lean, which is I can eat freely. I don't have to track obsessively. Uh, I can still enjoy myself and I can still be happy with the way that I look. I've decided at times in my life that I've wanted to get super lean, you know, and it sometimes I felt like, you know, that was, that was really cool. I, I, glad that I went through that process. Other times I'm just not willing to sacrifice and I decide after starting it that I'm like, you know what? I'm not willing to give all of this up right now. I'm not willing to make those sacrifices right now during this phase of my life. Maybe I'll come back to it later. There's nothing wrong with that. Just being honest with yourself is important. So um, that like, honestly, in a nutshell, and it's not really a nutshell because this has been almost an hour of me explaining the process, but that is from start to finish really what we do. Um, So I hope that gives you like a little bit of insight if you've considered working with a coach in general, it doesn't have to be a pop coach, but if, you can, if you've considered working with any coach, I hope that helps a little bit to make that decision uh, on what you should be looking for and your expectations through the process. Um, everybody has their own different you know, opinion or, or way of communicating. So again, trying to find somebody that you relate to, uh, that you like what they communicate, their style of communication, uh, it's easy to understand. Uh, and then also their their overall philosophy. Do you believe in what they stand for? Those are all important things to consider uh, when you're thinking about working with a coach. And you know, I would look at it as look at the return on investment. So when I think about a coach, I think about all right, what are the things that I'm saving by doing this? Oftentimes, we always think in terms of what is this costing me? Like how much money do I have to actually spend? Which of course is, is a consideration without a doubt. You have to understand the financial commitment. Uh, oftentimes we only look at the cost, but what we should be considering is what is this saving me? So when I think about hiring a coach, I'm like, okay, that's saving me mental energy that I don't have to think about certain things for myself. Um, it's, it's saving me time because this person gets to write my programming that I don't have to write. They get to write my nutrition plan that I don't have to think about. Um, it's, it's helping me get to a certain point that I want to. So getting you know physical results, improving my relationship with food, all of these things have a tangible return that 
you know, even though I can't put necessarily put a dollar sign on it, there is still like, if it's saving me medical bills, if it's saving me uh, quality or if it's improving quality of life, uh, if I'm not buying as much, you know, other crap because I'm more fulfilled and I'm not filling that void of unfulfillment with like needless uh, shopping or whatever it may be, there's always some kind of a return. So that's typically my process when I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, what is this going to bring back to me? And then am I, do I, you know, tangibly see that return for myself? And once I find the person that I connect with, that I resonate with, and I believe in what they stand for, then that's the person that I reach out to. We have a conversation and I make a decision if it's the right fit. Same thing that they're doing the same thing with me on the other end. They're deciding if it's the right fit for me. They'll ask me a bunch of questions. It should be back and forth, you know, ask questions. Um, just like if you're interviewing or if you've applied for something, the coach should be asking you a bunch of questions um, because it has to be a fit on both sides. And that's going to make, you know, that's going to ensure that you're successful uh, or significantly increase the odds of success. So um, I hope this was helpful, just giving you guys a little bit of insight into our process, what we do, uh, kind of how we go about selecting um, individuals that we work with, and then the process that we take them through, and kind of like our overarching philosophy and principles that we stand by. Um, real quick, another funny story. Uh, I actually had somebody who replied to one of my emails and was like, is this another keto plan? Because this sounds like a keto plan. And I was like, wow, where did I go wrong in this email that somebody actually had the takeaway that I would be giving out a keto plan? Um, so I, I had to laugh at that because if you've literally listened or read anything that I've done, you would know that I would never just send out a cookie cutter keto plan to the masses. Um, probably would never send a keto plan to any, I shouldn't say ever, uh, but it would be in rare instances that I would recommend a keto plan just because, again, when it comes to the sustainability filter, most people fail that that test. When we talk about it and we have a community and we have a conversation, most people fail the sustainability test when it comes to keto. That's it. There's no other reason other than that um, when it comes to like, why wouldn't I just give somebody a keto plan? Typically, it's just that. The, the sustainability side of it. So I had to laugh when somebody commented and I'm like, okay, it would really be helpful if I just put it all out there and, and walked you guys through the exact process and everything that we do. So please let me know if this was helpful. Uh, if you are watching on the Facebook live, it would mean the world to me if you just dropped a comment to let me know if this was helpful, if this you know helped clear up any confusion, if this was insightful, anything, just give me your feedback. And then if you are listening on the podcast, hopefully you already know what to do, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating. Take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. So I know that you were listening and enjoyed the episode. Um, the last thing that I will mention is, um, I sent out an email about the fat loss freedom workshop and a lot of people responded that the timing just wasn't right as far as the live sessions. So what we've done with the fat loss freedom workshop is that we've made it into an instant access course that you can go through at any time. So we've laid it all out um, so that you can join the fat loss freedom workshop and you can get instant access 
and you can go through at your own pace. So you don't have to worry about timing uh, or anything like that. All of the, the trainings, all of the bonuses, all of the videos, all of the resources, it's all in there. Um, if you just go to dietfreedomworkshop.com, you can actually sign up right now. So I know that originally uh, a lot of you were hoping to make the lives and then it didn't work out because of schedules and that sort of thing. You don't have to worry about that. It's all set up now. Um, you can access it anytime and you get lifetime access, which is pretty cool. So let's say that you go through it for 30 days and you find it super helpful and then you want to come back to it the next month and learn, you know, maybe the first month you go through an actual fat loss phase and then the next month you go through the reverse diet and follow that protocol. It's all in there lifetime access. So you can just go to dietfreedomworkshop.com. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you all very soon.